Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of It Was All a Stream. I'm Chris Sachs, here alongside my co-host and cousin, Neil Carroll. Welcome back, everybody. Another exciting week. Another exciting week. We are days away now from the premiere of WandaVision, and I feel like every time I see something new about it, I get more excited because it's been so long since we've gotten Marvel. That is true. Um, So we are going to do something a little different to preview WandaVision coming up. So what we're going to do, we have brought back my cousin and your nephew, AJ Balbo. AJ, say hello. Oh, guys, what's up? And we are going to do some previewing in trivia form. So all of these trivia questions, we're going to go back and forth. I'll start with uh, AJ since he's our guest with the first question and then flip back and forth between the two of you. Look Um, at us keeping it fresh. Keeping it fresh. And all of these questions are basically going to help us preview the upcoming Wanda series. So it's going to be flashbacks on MCU history. It's going to give us some insight on the comics and then maybe some theories into what we might expect from the new episodes that are going to be coming out that haven't been revealed yet. Clever. All right. Oh, yeah. So starting off, just to note, there was a bit of news that the first two episodes of WandaVision have been confirmed to be releasing on Friday. So the premiere is going to have two episodes, which is awesome. And all the first reactions are mostly out. um, And most of them say that the show is different, ambitious, dark, risky, um, that the cast really shines and that overall, it creates a mystery that we're all going to be excited to watch unravel. Interesting. So they're hyping it up. The, the people who sent out their first reactions got to watch the first three episodes of the season. Um, so it was all pretty positive news, but we'll have to be the judges ourselves. We're going to, you know, obviously do our recaps each week. This will be the show taking place of Mando until, you know, until we get Mando back. And we cannot wait. All right. So let's start off with some questions about Wanda Maximoff, that's Scarlet Witch, and the Vision, and their origins to start out. So AJ, okay. first one's to you. Scarlet Witch makes her first appearance in the MCU in Avengers Age of Ultron. Wanda grows up in Sokovia with her twin brother, Quicksilver, with her home in peril. The twins both join Hydra and agree to undergo experiments with Loki's scepter, which gives them their powers. In the comics, Wanda and Quicksilver are both mutants. For years, prior to being retconned in 2015, who is Quicksilver and Wanda's biological father in the comics? Is it A... Charles Xavier, B, Dr. Doom, C, Magneto, or D, Django Maximoff? It is C, Magneto. That well done. is correct. 
obviously in the comics, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver are mutants, and yes. they find out that their father is Magneto in The Vision and the Scarlet Witch number four. Making me feel good with an easy one. I'm worried. We're starting. Yeah. We're gonna start off. Easy. We're gonna ease into it, and then we'll we'll continue. Neil, number two yes. goes to you. Speaking of Age of Ultron, Vision is created by Bruce Banner and Tony Stark using a synthetic body of vibranium and the Mind Stone. Who created Vision in the comics? Was it A. Tony Stark, B. Doctor Doom? C, Mr. Fantastic, Reed Richards, or D, Ultron? Mm, well, I, I'm, it's a guess because like, I'm not sure. I'm ashamed of myself. In the comics, Vision, I feel, was created by... Tony Stark. That is incorrect, unfortunately. Oh. Ultron oh. created his own android to help him defeat the Avengers using the body of the android Human Torch from the 1940s. That's right. Yes. Human Torch was originally one of the original superheroes, not part of the Fantastic Four. Uh, he cool. changed Vision's powers from fire to density shifting powers, but unfortunately for him, the scientist who assisted him did not remove any of the original Human Torch's memories and was implanted with a control crystal by Wonder Man to help keep Vision in check. Bonus question for you guys. This is a... Whoever answers first, I guess. I don't know how we're going to do this. We don't have Let's buzzers. Let's do it. We're going to shout Bonus it out. question. Who created Ultron in the comics? Hank Pym. AJ, that Hank is Pym. correct. Hank Pym. Thank you. I let the boy have that From one. From <laughs> Marvel fandom, Ultron was constructed by Dr. Hank Pym of the Avengers, also known yes. as Ant-Man. Um who's experimenting in high intelligence robotics. Ultron became sentient and rebelled and hypnotized Pym, brainwashing him into forgetting that he had ever existed. Yes. Then he immediately began improving on his rudimentary design, quickly upgrading himself several times from Ultron one, two, three, four until finally Ultron five. And that's that now. AJ, this is to you. The Vision anoints himself with his name in the MCU and proves himself trustworthy to the Avengers when he hands Thor his hammer, something no other Avenger could do until Cap proved himself worthy in Endgame. In the comics, who gave Vision his name? Was it A, Ant-Man, B, the Wasp, C, Ultron, or D, Thor? Ooh. I'm gonna have to guess on this one. Um, I'm gonna guess Wasp. I am going to guess Ant Man. AJ, you are correct. It is the Wasp at first sight of seeing the vision. The horrified Crusader called him an unearthly, inhuman vision. Vision. Outrageous. Okay. So AJ right now 
is up 2-0. I guess 3-0 for the bonus question. Bonus don't count. This is why this is why we brought him in. This is why we brought him in. This is true. Bring Neil, to you. To me. After the events of Age of Ultron, Vision yes. and Wanda are forced to choose sides in Captain America's Civil War. This is all true. Which hero chose Cap's side and which was on Iron Man's? Well, wait a minute now. So Wanda and Vision, they both had to choose sides. And this is in the MCU. In the MCU. We're not referring to comics. I'm trying to remember. Which one was on Cap's side and which one was on Iron Man's side? It's been a minute since I've seen it. I know that Iron Man was for following the rules. Correct. Okay. Vision was on Iron Man's side. Wanda was on Caps. You are on the board. That's right. That is correct. Tension right. between the Avengers rose following the creation of the Sokovia Accords. You know it as did. Vision saw the equations regarding the number of threats related to their actions as the reason for them to allow oversight of their actions. So that is why he sided with Iron Man because he saw the Avengers are now here and with the Avengers came a bunch more threats. I side with Iron Man. Wanda being the catalyst for the Accords due to accidentally blowing up a building, she sided with Cap to help her ensure her freedom. Yes. Staying alive. I don't like it. Staying alive. <laughs> Staying alive. AJ. Right. Question number five goes to you. These two were, were more simple ones, so this might be a point for you. Okay. Sticking with Captain America Civil War, which Avenger does Vision accidentally injure during the battle at the airplane hangar? That would be War Machine. That is correct. Trying to prevent Cap and Winter Soldier from escaping, Vision fires a shot from the stone the Mind Stone, excuse me, in attempt to hit Falcon, but the Falcon dodges it, resulting in War Machine being hit, the, his suit systems being shut down, and him plummeting to the ground. Plummeting. He did just get injured, though. No, no death for for War Machine. Very true. Very true. Neil. Yes. Now this is where things are are going to get hard because most of these are very comic specific. A double jeopardy where the scores can really change. After the events of Civil War, most of Vision and Scarlet Witch's relationship takes place off-screen before Thanos and the Black Order come for the Mind Stone. Yeah. All we're shown is a tragic end in Infinity War where Scarlet Witch tries to destroy the Mind Stone to prevent Thanos from, from obtaining it, killing the Vision. Instead, Thanos uses the Time Stone to reverse a few moments back in time, stealing the Mind Stone for himself before Wanda can destroy it, and killing the Vision himself. In the comics, uh, Wanda falls in love with Vision when he yes. joins the Avengers, and eventually they get married. Yes. What they don't realize is that they're actually being manipulated by an outside force. Mm. Who manipulated these two lovebirds into marrying each other and falling in love was it a magneto b mephisto c dr strange or d immortus all right i feel like it's 
I, all right. If it's like the simple answer, I feel like it's Magneto, but I also think there's cosmic elements here. So it could be Mephisto. It could be. All right. Give me the rundown. The four again. They are A, Magneto. Yeah. B, Mephisto. C, Doctor Strange. Or D, Immortus. Is it Immortus? Correct answer. Yes. It is Immortus. Immortus sought to prevent Wanda from having a child, which wouldn't be possible if she fell in love with Vision, with Vision who was an android. Yes. He was worried that Wanda was, in his reality, um, her children would have the power to shake the foundations of the universe. And this will right. come important as we continue. Shake the foundation. Questions. AJ. Okay. Wanda eventually has the two children that Immortus tried to prevent, Tommy and Billy, by drawing upon magic. But this energy was eventually revealed to have come from the demon Mephisto, who reabsorbed them, effectively ending their existence. A mentor to Wanda helps cast a spell on her to make her forget her children in order to ease her pain. Who is this mentor? Is it A, Agatha Harkless, B, Doctor Strange, C, the Ancient One, or D, Baron Mordo? This is a tough one. Um, can I hear the choices one more time? We have A, Agatha Harkless, B, Doctor Strange, C, the Ancient One, or D, Baron Mordo? I, I mean, guess I'm going to go Doctor Strange. That may be true of the MCU if it's correct in you know, the theories for Multiverse of Madness, but mm. in the comic books... For the steal! The answer is... Neil, would you like to steal? I would. I feel like she was contacted by... What's her name? Is it Agatha Christie? The first one? Agatha A? Harkless. Yes. <laughs> that is correct. That's right. It is Agatha Harkless. Agatha Harkless acted as a mentor and someone to help control Wanda's powers in the comics, including helping her increase her power at one point. Many believe, many believe, excuse me, not present tense, not past, that Catherine Hahn's character in WandaVision is actually Agatha Harkness and not what they named her, which is Agnes. (laughs) Right. That is correct. So three, four, creeping up at you. Sure. Let's is do it. it. We have the actual count. Something like that. We didn't do I'm steals not... in the beginning. Now we're doing steal. I don't know. Stealing this it. is all over the place, right. but trivia. It's fun. We're having it's, fun. We're having fun. Um, Neil. Yes. After Wanda's power increase, yes. she eventually regains the memory and the grief over the loss of her twins, which would drive her insane. She tries to rewrite reality in order to recreate them, causing a series of threats and incidents to inexplicably, excuse me, inexplicably, inexplicably. That's correct. Inexplicably occur (laughs) one after the other. Who does Scarlet Witch forced to crash an Avengers Quinjet into the Avengers mansion 
during the comic book run, Avengers <sighs> Disassembled? Is it A, mm. Hawkeye? B, does she do it herself? C, Quicksilver? Or D, Vision? I don't think it's Quicksilver. Uh... I don't believe she did it herself, even though she's mad, like crazy. Vision out of love and the fact that he's kind of indestructible is a legitimate answer. And Hawkeye is weak and thus might be easily manipulated into it. I'm going to tell you, I think it's Vision. You'd be correct. Vision crashed an Avengers Quinjet into Avengers Mansion. Walking out of the rubble, he ah. apologized to the other Avengers, telling them he was no longer in control of his body before yeah. melting and expelling several spears from his mouth. The spears grew into five Ultrons, which were fought and destroyed by the Assemble's Avengers, but unfortunately not before Hawkeye is killed. During the fight, the She-Hulk became enraged and tore apart the remains of Vision. Yep. Serious and dark stuff. Dark. Dark. AJ, last okay. question for you. After these events, Doctor Strange figures out that Wanda was responsible for the devastating event, and Magneto takes his daughter to Charles Xavier to help. Unfortunately, Xavier was unable to do so as Wanda attempted to restore her husband to life and undo the damage that she had caused. Keeping Wanda in a comatose state, Xavier ultimately called a meeting between the Avengers and the X-Men to decide whether or not Wanda should be killed. Someone warns Wanda of this, and so she creates a new reality called House of M. Who gave Wanda this warning? Was it A, Magneto, B, Doctor Strange, C, Agatha Harkless, or D, Quicksilver? I think it's Magneto. That, unfortunately, is incorrect. As a matter of fact, I believe it is. It's not Magneto. I forgot about the steals. It's not Magneto. Uh, I don't think it was... Quicksilver, who were the other two? Is Agatha or Doctor Strange? In the comic books, they were called to Xavier's house to have this conversation. I'm actually going to revert. I'm going to say Quicksilver. That is correct. It was of Quicksilver. Of course, it's correct. As a matter of fact, Quicksilver is not only the one who warns her, but he's also the one who starts the new reality that Wanda creates Mm -hmm. Um, house of M is the event where Wanda flips reality so that mutants are the majority and non-mutants are the minority house of Magneto. Um, This is actually called to in the WandaVision trailers. There's a shot of Wanda who's pouring herself a glass of wine while it's floating in the air on the glass of wine. The bottle um, she's pouring says Mansion du Mapri, which translates to House of Contempt. Yes. 
House the of many things. House of M. Maybe this has something to do with the show, or maybe it's just a nice little Easter egg. That was my drive for five. You got the last question for All number right, six. Neil, you got the last question. Here we go. Eventually, Wanda snaps out of it and restores everything back to reality, except for one thing. This is not a multiple choice question, so this oh. is a difficult one. What is it that Wanda changes? When, when, when reality she restores right. reality, right. there's one thing that she is different still from the true reality. What so, okay. was that one thing? I think she brought her kids back. That is incorrect. That's what she uh, did for the House of I'm, M reality, but not I'm gonna, for this new reality or the mm, real reality. Go ahead. I'm going to try and steal. Does she eliminate the mutants? That is correct. For the steal and the tie? I don't know. We're calling it. A um, I think he looked that up. We're like soccer. So I think he looked that up. I saw a lot of shifty eye movements. In an act of revenge against Charles Xavier, Wanda utters in three words, no more mutants before she changes the world back to its original form but added the mass depowering of 90% of the entire mutant population. Well done. We'll have to do the tally. I'll, I'll have to go re, go back and do the tally. We're we'll going to call it a tie. You both did very good. Bless you. I, I threw some hard ones in there. Um, there were some curveballs, but... It was. What did you think? I think this gave kind of a good history of... Wanda and Vision's background in the MCU. It gave us a history of the comics and maybe, you know, potentially gives yeah. us some insight onto what we're going to expect with um, potentially House of M being a big portion of the new MCU show. Definitely. Definitely gets us ready, gets us everybody in the mood for a little, uh, little Wanda Vision. My big question to you guys, this is not trivia, but this is an open-ended, open. you know, no no right or wrong answer. Here How much House of M do you think is actually going to be in this television show? So here's the thing. Marvel does an excellent job of building a universe and it does an excellent job of you know, taking deep dives and bringing them to the forefront. House of M, while a, a famous um, comic book arc, is deep dive detailed. Like it's not your mainstream, you know, everybody's going to read Fantastic Four. Everybody's going to read X-Men. Everybody's going to read these things. Wanda, Wanda is not a fringe character, but, but you know, on the, not necessarily your top five that you hear about. So that's a long way of saying, I think they're going to do it. But in the first season, I don't think we're going to get a lot of it. I think they're going to build to something like that. I think we may find out that that's the world we're watching her in, but it's ever evolving. Like, so it's not going to be exactly like House of M. It's going to be she's in a House of M-like trance, if that makes sense. That's interesting. I think that 
Marvel is going to use this to try and bring the mutants into the MCU because with like them having the young Avengers and them kind of cleaning the house out a little bit with like some of the original guys, right. I think they're going to be trying to look for a way to bring in the mutants. And I think this would be an easy way to kind of bring the X-Men into the MCU. Could be. I mean, they, they have hinted or not even hinted. They have said that the events of WandaVision will bleed into Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness. Um, so I wonder if whatever she's doing actually does the reverse of what it does in the comics, right? In the comics, mm-hmm. she gets rid of the mutants. I wonder right. if in the MCU, she is the cause for mutants coming maybe, but like you said, Neil, um, yeah. it might eventually happen down the road. Yeah. We want to thank AJ for joining us. Thank you, sir. Yeah. And we will figure out a way to get your suggested for you feedback. Actually, you know what? Give that to us now. We still have eight minutes. This is true. We um... gave AJ a suggestion to watch Lord of the Rings, the first one, The Fellowship of the Ring, and we would like to hear what he thought of it. Okay. uh, Overall, I think it was a good movie. I mean, for being three hours long, it held my attention for the whole three hours. Um, did it have to be three hours? I don't think <laughs> so. Uh, two hours in, I was thinking, all right, this movie must be coming to a close. I pause it for a second, and I see I still got an hour left of movie to watch. Uh, um, I could definitely see why people like like this universe. Um, it's very Harry Potter-y, like, I you can see how like the universe is created and mm-hmm. I can see even like Universal if they didn't do Harry Potter having like a Lord of the Rings universe. Um uh let's see. And there I feel like you could have really cut this movie down in time. And this is the biggest complaint I have because the introduction by itself was eight minutes by itself. And it also was unnecessary because later on in the movie, when uh, Gandalf is like doing the research on the ring, he basically goes through the whole introduction again. And they use some of the same scenes that were in the introduction in that part of the movie. So I feel like you could have cut that down uh, somehow. Um, Another thing I didn't realize were uh, two quotes. uh, So you have chosen death. And you shall not pass. I didn't realize those were from this movie. What? Um, so that's another thing I noticed while watching. Well, I, did, I honestly got didn't. Realize. All right. I hear people quote it all the time, and I yeah. don't know. Um, There's also the a ton of memes is, from this movie. Yes. Yeah. Um, the other thing is I don't know who has worst shot: the little goblin things in this movie or stormtroopers. Very true. They're like shooting arrows all over the place, and they're just as bad as stormtroopers well connected yes um what else was there there was um another problem was the scene where like they're on the steps and they're all trying to get across the like it's falling apart and they're trying to get across the steps why they didn't throw frodo first (laughs) 
I have no idea. He's like the most important part of this mission, and he's the last one to cross those steps. <laughs> so it's just like little stuff like that. I mean, it's a good well. way. Like I'm yelling at the screen in like a good way, but it's it's to it's drum like, up some on. drama. <laughs> yeah, drum in some but, drama. Uh, yeah, the effects were good. I liked the fight scenes. It wasn't too like herky jerky. Like you didn't get like motion sickness watching the fight scenes. Um, my favorite fight scene were when they were in the forest fighting because mm-hmm. it was kind of more of a realisticy type uh, fight scene. It wasn't a whole bunch of CGI like you usually see in these wizardy movies. It was like a realistic looking fight scene, which I thought was cool. Um, what else? Oh, and a shout out uh, to the Hobbits. They got some balls. I mean, they, they signed up like right away to go on the journey. Like they, they jump in and try That's to right. fight whatever the issue is. I, I feel like they deserve a shout I out do. after watching the movie. And the one last thing I had an issue with, with or two more things, were the Reapers. They were unimpressive. Like the black shadowy things, yep. they were un. Yes, I was unimpressed because okay. they got rid of them with fire and water. Like it was just so yes. easy to get them out of the way, and I felt mm. like they were going to be a bigger issue. Wraiths, um, and- ring wraiths, yes, ring wraiths. Yeah, that's it. Wraiths. Okay. Um, Very good point. And the last uh, thing I was like, oh come on, was. Um, when uh, Weaving's character was up, like at the volcano with the soldier from the beginning, yes, and he lets him, he lets him just walk out with the ring. Yes, I mean you're an elf, and this guy is just a human. You let him leave. This is with buddy. The ring. Yeah, I mean, yes, how do you explain yeah. if he comes back without the king? king. Yeah. <laughs> oh, where'd the king go? Ah, uh, you know, he'll be back around. He'll be back, maybe. <laughs> I think that's interesting, your your analysis, and and we have yeah. a few minutes left. Uh, here's the thing: so when this came out in the early aughts, and your cousin and I were going to see it in theaters at the time, and, and all the versions that came out, you know, and I'm not a sword and sorcery guy. I'm a sci-fi. Yeah. I'm a space guy. I'm a Star Wars geek. That's my nerddom, but which and and it's yours as well, but. I respected the effects at the time when you were watching it on your home TV, which is a, a smart, not a smart TV, but a, a you know, a modern flat screen, et cetera. Th- it held up for the most part. I mean, CGI, CGI, like, yeah, I feel like some of that's just, you're going to get it either way. Um, but that's why I really liked the fight scene in the forest. Cause yes. there really wasn't any effects. They were just, yeah. It was well choreographed and it was just a fight scene. That's why I thought that, that yeah. was well, one of the coolest parts. That actually is a nice segue because if you enjoyed the battle in the forest, oh you God. are going to love Nerve. the Battle of Helm's Deep. That is a which fact. Which is the longest battle scene in movie history. history. And it appears it in Lord of the Rings the two towers which is our suggestion for you so enjoy that why are you doing this to me I mean, it's legitimately I... like yeah gonna love it's a 40 it. minute long battle scene and it is legitimately amazing it really is 
It's like it's like that 40 minutes alone is it's a masterpiece. I'm sure I'll enjoy it. And I felt like I accomplished something after sitting through three hours of a movie. But why does it have to be a three hour long movie? I mean, I like the movie. It's 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 perfection. That's what it is. That's why they got to make it perfect. All right. We are like 10 seconds from out of time. AJ, thank you again. Always a pleasure. All right, let's get into some rolling or trolling. Rolling. Neil. Yes. Talked all about the MCU and the Mm -hmm. possibility of mutants being brought into it. The closest thing we have to that is now this announcement from today. Kevin Feige has confirmed that Deadpool 3 will be rated R and it will be a part of the MCU. So this is interesting on two levels. One, uh, Deadpool is the not so secret, dirty little secret that the MCU didn't know how to deal with. They didn't under, they didn't know how to incorporate its success. I like that they're finding a way. All right, so they had the cameo in the second one of, uh, I think it was McAvoy and all them. Actually, it might have even been Patrick Stewart, but had had like a, a cameo of like they were ignoring him in the in the mansion. So that was a fun thing. They've also worked in Negasonic Teenage War, Warhead um, and the real comic version of. Uh, I'm going to say Iron Man, but that's wrong. Why can't I think of Colossus? It? Colossus, like that version, the way the way he looks mm-hmm. in the comics for the most part, and his Russianness and all that. So I like this. This could be an interesting way to go, and I think it's. A, I'm rolling with it because I want to see mutants, but I want to see them in their comic book form. Like we've aged out of the early 2000s, where we had to put everybody in black because we thought it was cool. I like like let's lean into uniforms making them look like the comic books and i think that's a perfect place to start because it's fun yeah i'm definitely rolling with it too because i loved those first two movies and you know we've the fans have been calling for it they want deadpool in its current form. form yep and you know marvel is coming through despite being a disney property and everything like that they're you know the, everything changed once they bought Fox and FX and, and yeah. all of that stuff. So they got to go beyond just stuff for children. Um, and Deadpool is one of those things. So I think it's awesome. I think it's going to be interesting um, because now that opens up the door. Well, maybe this is part of the multiverse in the MCU. Is that right. X-Men universe? And that's a jumbled mess to begin with as far as timelines and everything. Yeah. But maybe Wolverine exists. Hugh Jackman's Wolverine exists. You that's know, Charles my, yes. two different Charles Xavier's. There's Halle Berry's Th- Storm. There's yep. you know a bunch of new stuff iconic x-men movies that are potentially going to be folded into the mcu and maybe that's how they get their intro we kind of talked about if wanda's going to be the one to do that well 
still a possibility, but now, you know, now you're bringing in a whole bunch of characters and maybe not changing things as much as we thought with the X-Men. Which is not so terrible. No, well, we'll see. I Again, yeah, I always say it. I, I trust Feige and the MCU yeah. to do the right thing. And we have yet to, yeah. to, you know, to take a us. terrible misstep. Yeah, yeah, I mean, a couple you know, hairy ones here and there. But like you just said, you know, Disney was sticking with the R. The days of, or I, at least I feel, the days of like, how dare Disney put something like this out or connect itself with something are gone. Like Disney has Disney and then they have their satellite company that they put out content. Yeah, you know, like that's that's okay. That's allowed. And like, and why really- not pick up that money? Looking at it realistically, putting out an R-rated Deadpool movie isn't going to be the worst thing that Disney has put out content from a controversy standpoint, considering all of the, you know, hidden like racist stuff (laughs) in certain cartoons and things like that. So I suppose um, hidden and not so hidden. Um, Indiana Jones five news. I have two bits for this. This is big. Yeah. One is John Rice Davies mm. says that he would be interested in returning for Indiana Jones 5, reprising his role as Sala. Neil, are you rolling or trolling? Super, super rolling. And the and the answer is brief. The explanation is brief. Uh, John Rice Davies is a tremendous actor. Uh, he didn't get the the break he should have gotten like the stardom he would deserve. He, he, he was, uh, it goes from Indiana Jones to, uh, one of the Timothy Dalton, James bonds to take over for general Gogol, who was just too old to be the, the Soviet general anymore. And then Lord of the Rings that we were just talking about earlier with AJ. Yes, so Gimli. Gimli. And while he was a main character in that, he was just, enough of a sidekick that everything he did was perfect. It didn't get old. It didn't get tired. He was adding something to the proceedings. I love him in, in that type of role. And that's obviously what he would be in this. It was a misstep, I think, to cast, uh, what's his name? Mr. French from The Departed in Indiana Jones 4, like his English sidekick that like yep. kind of turned was a double agent, et cetera. Yep. Like just incorporate John Ray's Davies. Like, why did we do that? Yep. Why did we explore that? And that guy's a good actor too. Nothing against them. That was a, a, a dump, dumpster fire of a movie. Um, but I love it. I'm rolling. It's going to be excellent. Um, yeah. I'm rolling with that too. Uh, and it's funny because he, his character, Sala appears in the first Indiana Jones and the third. Yes. So it would be nice to round it out of, especially if this is going to be the oh, last yeah. that we get um, for Indiana Jones, uh, allegedly. Yeah. Um, it would be nice for him to be involved be. in some way. Close the circle. But that may not be the case. Roro. Last month, we had from producer of Indiana Jones 5, Frank Marshall, he said uh, to Den of Geek, mm-hmm. we are working on the script. There will only be one Indiana Jones, and that's Harrison Ford. Now, 
Mm. Apparently, that might just be a smokescreen for Chris Pratt's takeover. Apparently, according to Daniel Rickman and comicbook.com, Lucasfilm is looking at Pratt to play a younger version of the character. He also claims that Indiana Jones 5 is planning to set up multiple spin-off films as well as a Disney Plus right. series and animated show. While Rittman has given good information in the past, we are certainly surprised to see these Pratt rumors resurface after they were supposedly previously debunked. Right. So, Neil, yeah. are you rolling or trolling with the possibility of Chris uh, Pratt taking right. over from there's Harrison a, Ford? There's a few things to unpack there. Let me just work backwards briefly. That's fair. So there's animated series plus live action Disney plus series. Plus movies. Plus movies. Here's the thing. This lends itself to an animated series. That makes sense. And I think they can do it real well. And especially characters like Sala and all that. It makes sense. Two, Disney plus movies. So I think it's just general movies. General movies. So they're going to do Disney plus series. Disney Plus series. I don't know that it lends itself to spinoffs. Like we're not going to follow Karen Allen in uh, her uh, Ravenwood movie. We're just no one cares. We're not. I'm I'm boycotting LaBeouf. I'm not going to follow anything that Shia LaBeouf is doing. He's not coming back. He's not coming back. Yeah, not coming back. Um, Harrison Ford is like done he's also done being polite to anyone uh, ever he hasn't again. really been polite for a while now he has been polite for a while <laughs> but like it's done now he's just like it's over now so he's not doing it which leaves unless they're introducing something new it leaves like maybe sala which just for fun i might watch one of those movies um the the, the sean connery's gone so I don't know who, like, I don't know who we have really. Um, I think that's a good point. Yeah. I think that, like, that's a good point because they haven't really like built out a universe. Right. Like they did in Star Wars. Like they've done in you need MCU to care where there's about other someone. characters that you're interested beyond yeah. what's going on in the movie. Right. The only person that you're really interested in beyond what we get in the movies is oh. Indiana Jones. Correct. There's one character from the movie that most people disliked, but I loved um, short round. Yeah. You know, data from the Goonies. Uh, he's the only one that's like a character that you cared about kind of whether you liked or hated that might get a spinoff that would make sense. So there's that. I just don't see it there. They haven't built enough of uh, the superfluous characters to, for us to care enough about to go see a movie on their own. To your main point, Chris Pratt. I'm rolling with Chris Pratt because I feel like he can do action while also being vulnerable and funny, you know, and like, oh, I can't believe I find myself in this situation and believable. But why would he play a young Indiana Jones when he's the age Indiana Jones was in Raiders of the Lost Ark? I think what they're referring to is the time between Raiders and right. okay, I guess Crystal Skull. 
Got it. Got it. So these are just further adventures. I would imagine because okay. that's also a good point. He would be that he's not like a young, young, yes. you know, like they had the TV show, young Indiana Jones. Like right. we're not talking that. Cause we um, missed our window for that when they were talking about Pratt. Yeah. I guess it was five years ago. Really? We could have done that, but we've missed our window. So now he's just got to be continuing on, but I'm, I'm for it. I mean, and I know you like him too. Yeah. I, I think I'm rolling with it too, just because Pratt's kind of, basically auditioned for it through yeah. guardians of the galaxy and Jurassic park. He's done some iteration of Indiana Jones in both of those franchises. Yeah. Well um, said, so I think yeah. he makes sense. Um, and I, I just, I wonder with Indiana Jones five with this news, if it's true, if a lot of the goal does center around building out a larger world and other characters to invest in and stuff like that because they mention animated series and Disney plus series and things of that nature. Um, And hopefully if that is the goal with this movie, it doesn't, it doesn't do it to its detriment because when you start doing things like that, like, Oh, you're making the movie to create a toy line. You're making a movie to do this. You're making the movie for spinoffs. It takes away from the actual movie and it becomes bad Certainly. so hopefully that won't be the case and they do this right um but we'll have to wait and see yes, continuing indeed. on we're sticking with disney plus for one more roller troll fans were taken to twitter in the hopes that robert downey jr will be cast as admiral thrawn in the ahsoka series neil Mm. Are you rolling or trolling with the potential of Robert Downey Jr. being cast as Grand Admiral Thrawn? You may find this shocking, but I am trolling this. I'm trolling it. I love RDJ. love Robert Downey Jr. Um, But lately his serious work or his turn for the less uh, snarky Tony Stark ish type stuff has not landed well. So he's had a huge dud in um, the Dr. Doolittle remake and he was just not his best in it. And he is so, and it's a shame because he's so now identifiable with that role that I don't see him having the gravitas to pull off a um, General Thrawn. Like, it was strange to see Mads Mikkelsen in Rogue One playing the architect, but Mads Mikkelsen is one of those guys. Like, it's like, oh, okay. He can be, you know, uh, Le Chiffre. And he can be like a kind of a quasi sympathetic character and so on. So just strange, just very strange. I, I just don't see it. I can't in my mind's eye. I can't see him in the blue makeup and the red eyes being menacing and intimidating and, and all the things that need to happen for that character. So I don't have too much of a background on Grand Admiral Thrawn, not like mm. you, but uh, but I'm going to give this a slow roll. Slow roll. Because I'm 
interested or I would be interested in seeing if Robert Downey Jr. could play a character that isn't just himself. Right. And he's never, re- at least maybe not, maybe in his early work, he's been he a did, while, which I haven't yeah. seen much of, but he hasn't really played a villain in yeah. anything in the last decade. At Correct. Least. Correct. And I'd be interested in seeing that. I know he's a great actor, but now a lot of his most recent roles have been him just playing a part of his personality. I would love to see him really go beyond that and be a villain. I hear you. I hear you. I, I want to be wrong. Like, I want to be wrong. I want him to be, I root for him. But I just at the moment I'm just not I can't I can't find it I can't see it I'll keep looking but I can't see it totally fair onwards yes to DC DC Warner Brothers has submitted Wonder Woman 1984 Mm. for consideration (laughs) in all categories at the Oscars let's just stop best picture. Let's just not even finish this. Trolling or trolling, Neil? Trolling and writing angry letters. Trolling and writing angry letters. How dare they submit this for Oscar plural, pleurisy? How dare they? It is the shame of this nation to have produced such a subpar sequel to Wonder Woman. I I, I am, uh, it's a travesty. It's travesty. A part of me is proud of them for shooting their shot, but the rest of me is hard trolling. Hard trolling. Um, We could just move on. Campaigning against it. We have, of course, more Ray Fisher news with the DCU. So Ray Fisher, as you know, plays Cyborg from Justice League. And this from an article last week from The Wrap, um, detailed the WB writing out Ray Fisher's cyborg from the upcoming Flash movie. The article says, quote, Justice League actor Ray Fisher, who was offered a cameo role last June to appear as cyborg in the Flash solo movie, publicly stated he did not want to be involved with the project via Twitter. Hence, the character of cyborg that has been written out of the screenplay and will not be recast according to insiders with knowledge of the situation. However, Ray Fisher has since come out and denied this report via his own Twitter account in a series of tweets. He says, I strongly suggest that the rap amend this article immediately. While I appreciate the reporter's undying desire to do WB pictures and Walter Hamada's bidding, Walter Hamada being a representative at WB pictures, it is factually inaccurate. I did not publicly step down from anything. If WB Pictures has made the decision to remove me from the Flash rather than address in any way Walter Hamada tampering with the Justice League investigation, that's on them. The idea of removing the role rather than recasting it is only being used to try to avoid public backlash. He had more to say. 
Wow. WB Pictures PR team has struggled to regain control of the narrative ever since they failed to bury me and the Justice League investigation with their September 4th hit piece, which was unsurprisingly written by the same reporter. The fact is the Justice League investigation led to Warner Media and its affiliates parting ways with Joss Whedon. Jeff Johns will be following suit. Had Walter Hamada gotten his way, none of that would have been possible, and the cycle of abuse would have continued. Wow. Oh, yeah. He went off. I guess I'm rolling for justice, but like, there's again, a lot to unpack. I can't go into all of it. Let's just talk about. Let's keep it light, as light as we can while honoring the, the tra- traumatic experience going on over there. Let's talk character of Cyborg, actor, and upcoming film. So character. Okay. Character of Cyborg is um, good. Like in the comic books, in the cartoons, it, you know, when it needs to be where it needs to be, it's doing a lot. That, that character is doing a lot. It's a... You know, the intelligence is both, you know, quasi artificial intelligence, but also the intelligence of the body that that it's attached to. And it's a smart character, Um, uh, traditionally an African-American character. Uh, It is a um, valued and vital member of the Justice League. For, for his abilities in all forms. And, and over the years, as with most characters, they tend to add as needed, as times change and so on. Um, add powers, that is. So it's good character. I want to see good things um, for this character. The actor. I had no problem with, with the, the gentleman uh, in question in his performance in, as Cyborg. The film was terrible and i feel like all those actors it would given better material given better writing given better tools would have done a better job some of those actors could go he was not on my list of people we could do without in in that film i don't know about you third and final um the upcoming movie the flash movie there's so much attached to that now i'm like i feel like we could cyborg is not going to make a difference for me. I want to see Michael Keaton's impact. That's why I'm buying a ticket. Otherwise, I would not go see this thing. They've, they've ruined their shot. Like my, my hope is that they introduce Michael Keaton and then immediately pivot to that and leave behind all this other nonsense. So I think that's the best I can, I can explain myself. So I'm rolling for justice. Those three things. Yes, exactly. I, I I like that. I agree with everything that you just said. I will approach this subject from a different angle because you covered those three angles. Okay. So I feel like, especially the, not to get political, right? the last four years, we have been living in a world where major corporations or people with powers uh, beyond the normal people Mm -hmm. uh, are able to control the narrative. I think that's fair. And 
I like a fair the analysis. idea of an indiv- an individual who really doesn't have much on his resume beyond right. Justice League standing up to a corporation that clearly has more influence and power than he does. And he's not backing down from his truth and he's exposing anything that is counter to that truth, which listen, regardless of what's going on and what's not, I respect that. So that's kind of where I'm coming from with it. you know what? Uh, a a lesser example of of what you just described of companies kind of shaping the narrative is is Pierce Brosnan in Batman uh, in James Bond. Um, he wanted to come back. Mm-hmm. They they released information that were like, no, he's not coming back. You know, meetings were had, blah blah blah. We're going in a different direction. He was not invited back, and he said in many interviews, he's like, I don't know. All of a sudden, the door was closed, and that was it. I was out. Um, he didn't, you know, he's not against um, Daniel Craig, but he just, that he's, he's said that multiple times. He's like, I don't know what happened. I was James Bond and then I was going to the office and I wasn't James Bond anymore. So, you know, and that was in a time where you didn't have imme- the immediacy of social media to respond. I got really, really good advice from a teacher in college, one of my journalism teachers. Yeah. And he said that you never want to burn any bridges, but there will be one or two moments in your life where you have to do it. Right. And it's it's okay to burn the bridge. Yep. And uh, actors a lot of times probably don't come out with things because with the narrative that the production company is coming out out with like you mentioned with the pierce brosnan situation where they're like oh no we're both moving out blah 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 and him saying no 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 that's not how that happened right sure that happens a lot where the actor doesn't speak out and this seems to be a situation where ray fisher is potentially burning the bridge but at the same time might not be and might still stay in the role so but anyways I, i i think it's relevant Absolutely. Teaching moment. Continuing on with some lighter news. Ooh, the lighter side. David Hasselhoff. Yes. Has two separate auctions going on for Hasselhoff related items. Oh, what do we got? The first being a giant 14 foot long. <laughs> David Hasselhoff surfboard from the SpongeBob movie. <laughs> so it's literally just David Hasselhoff. Yeah. Who was used as a, a, surfboard, as a surfboard in this movie. Oh my God. The model of that <laughs> is up for auction and the bidding currently sits at $100,000. I hope he gets every penny. What is it? Is it for him or is it like some kind of charity? So Do we know? this seems like this is whoever owns this or the production company. Uh, oh, They're okay. the ones who are auctioning it. But okay. he has his own item that he's auctioning, right. which is his personal kit Knight Rider car, 
which is oh, up wow. for auction, currently sitting at four hundred seventy-five thousand dollars. Oh, interesting. I'm rolling with this. Normally, nonsense uh, upsets me, but Hoff is such a unique character in our lexicon in our world that things like this amuse me and and i'm rolling with it because if someone's got a hundred thousand dollars to spend on a surfboard that is reminiscent of hasselhoff just to keep somewhere then good for them like that's a guy i want to hang out with it's like a rich guy who's got money to burn on nonsense like, give me a call because, you know, I got some trips we can take. The Knight Rider car, I think, makes more sense because that would be a cool prop. Like, if, if, it, if I had the opportunity and the spare money to get the Batmobile from the original 1960s series or, like, one of the versions they did, I would do that. Like, that's something I think would be cool. Kit, Knight Rider was awesome. I enjoyed it. It does not have the like the Batman Batmobile following. It does not have um, the heights of certain other TV shows, but it was on a while. It had a following. It made Hoff, you know, made Hoff huge. So I'm going for it. Rolling. Let's do it. Yes. Yeah, I am rolling with the giant David Hasselhoff surfboard because it's humorous. <laughs> Right. And I am rolling with the uh, Knight Rider car because, you know, that's definitely someone's dream car and they'd want to have it. And so why not? I, like you said, with the, I think the Batmobile for you is kind of like a dream car. For me, it's yeah. the Aston Martin from oh, James Bond. Sure. That's always been my favorite. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, if I had tons of money, I would totally be snatching that up. Um, all right, well, that's going to do it for us for rolling or trolling. Let's get into our suggestions from last week. Neil, yes. you suggested to me, Mr. Wright. I did. I suggested to you a movie called Sound of Metal. Yes. Which do you want to start with? I think let's start with uh, Mr. Wright. I'm curious your opinions. Okay, Mr. Wright. Fun movie. Hmm. Starring Sam Rockwell. Always starring good. Anna Kendrick. It had Tim Roth in it in there, which I was surprised yeah. by. I didn't realize he was in it. Right. Um, it had the Rizza. Indeed. From Wu Tang Clan. He makes an appearance, plays a fun character. Um, I thought it was a fun movie. It was all over the place. Yeah, but like all over the place. But it was fun. Sam Rockwell's great. I it's uh, it's kind of like again like as far as its narrative structure goes, not very strong. Uh, no, correct. <laughs> essentially, and I'm just pulling it up. Essentially. Sam Rockwell's character, Stockholm Syndrome's Anna Kendrick's character yeah. into falling in love with him. Yeah. And she just so happens to have the same superpower as him for being really good at killing people. 
Indeed. So that was a choice, to say the least. I don't know. It was a choice about that choice, but it was a choice. Red nose. I I feel like this movie could have been something different, but I think they were trying very hard to avoid like because we've gotten movies kind of like this where it's a rom-com, but it's an action spy movie. Yes. Like we've gotten that with uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. We've gotten right. it with the spy who dumped me. Like we've gotten it with, with those different movies. We've gotten it with spy with uh, Melissa McCarthy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they were trying to do something different. I think the whole, like them just basically having a superpower and being really good, like natural assassin. Like, yeah, it was an that interesting didn't really take, right? fit for me with anna kendrick's character right um i thought it would have kind of been cooler for her to not be like that and just Mm -hmm. like randomly gifted with being able to catch knives like that kind of came out of left field there was no rhyme or reason for it um i think it Sam Rockwell's character was really cool. Like he's a, he's a assassin who used to work for the government and right. grew a conscience. And now he sees this girl and he falls in love with her and he's just got some loose ends to tie up and he wears the clown nose while he's killing that, people. And he's not yeah. really fighting, but he's dancing. Like that's a cool, that's a really cool concept, but they lose me with Anna Kendrick and her crazy abilities and just the jumble that was the the villains and the reasons for the villains yeah their motivations i agree were a little they were weird but i i like i mean he's always good he was a dancer himself so he always has a dance move in his movies um and i just i like his interactions with various characters he's fun right Mm -hmm. and and i just think and you touched on all of them. Like this was a movie that made a lot of choices. Yes, it did. We're going to make a choice for a clown nose. We're going to make a choice for, you know, like Krav Maga, but dance version. We're going to make a choice for, you know, the, the special uh, abilities thing. But, you know, so you, it was the suggested for you. Was it a movie that you felt like, you know, where did my hour and a half go or... No, I, I, you know, it's one of those where I might have randomly stumbled on it on Netflix and mm. wasted an hour and a half watching it, and that would right. be fine. It definitely felt like a, it, it felt like it was a B movie. You know what yes. I mean? It didn't see. It wasn't like a wide release. Try. Go to theaters like it, back in the day when there used to be straight to DVD releases. That's what this movie would have been. Which there's a place for movies like that. There so, absolutely is. Um, you know, they're not meant to be crazy, you know, like insightful or anything Mm -hmm. like that. They're just like pure entertainment. They're like guys versions of like a Hallmark movie. You know what I mean? Yes. So like, I'm, I'm good with it. This was also a time when they were trying to give Anna Kendrick a career outside of pitch perfect. Yeah. Now she just does singing. Yeah. Things. She goes legitimately insane in this movie too. Oh yes, her character. Oh sure, and it's uh, like out of nowhere. She's she, just, she's yeah. certifiable insane in this movie. Yep, and legitimately like it's Stockholm syndrome that she has. Oh yeah, it's not good I, at all. No, uh, I mean, but she, but I enjoyed watching her. I was like, ah, oh, Anna Kendrick. No, she does doing a good, a good job. job. You know, 
she does a good job, but like the character makes literally no sense. Correct. There's no foundation for her to be that much of a psycho. <laughs> that much of a crazy person. Oh my goodness. Well, sir, you gave me Sound of Metal circa 2019. It is exactly two hours. And I'm going to tell you, I sat down to watch this movie with the preconceived notion that I was not going to like it. Okay. Because I was just like, all right, interesting concept is very interesting. And I maintain that opinion after seeing it. Very, very interesting concept for a film. Musician losing his hearing. How do we cope? How do we deal? Um, you know, basically you're losing your livelihood. Uh, Simple, but you know, very focused on the character, not right. so much the plot. Well said. Absolutely. Um, then the first like four minutes, I was, I was, fa- I was like, I'm out. This is not, it's the rock. I'm not liking whatever song it is they're doing. Um, uh, he's, you know, he's, he's like, uh, He's a rock and roll. He's a, he's a, you know, it's, he's a metal. They're guy. very like, yeah. yeah, metal, shouty, screamy, shouty. emo music. And yeah. I'm like, nah, no. But then it hooked me. And I was finding it not a chore. I was finding it like, okay, interesting. Okay, well, where does this go? How is that happening? The two characters, um, and I made some notes here because I want to get to it. So Rizam Ahmed, who's Ruben, the, the main character, yep. and his girlfriend, Olivia Cook, or Cook, however you want to say it, um, utterly watchable. Mm-hmm. Like, really, they have a charisma that you're born with. Like, they're not movie stars. I wouldn't say they're movie stars. But they're watchable. They have a charisma. Um, He takes you on an emotional journey that is tremendous. He goes to this, uh, like, essentially rehab center, but for deaf people. Like, it's not a drug rehab. It's a deaf community, but they have a group therapy session. They have, you know, everybody has chores to do. Everybody's got a thing to accomplish. And I got to highlight Paul Racy, who is mm-hmm. uh, who plays Joe, the head of this deaf community. He is perfect. He's not a famous actor, you know. No offense to Paul Racy, not a famous actor. Has been in things, but is pitch perfect and is another one of those people that is watchable. I believe that he's this character. And I did, you know, because when I watch these movies, I love to read the trivia and read up on some people that I'm interested in. He was actually born and raised by deaf parents. So he has those skills and it shows it was second nature. He was not acting. And that's the best thing when you can't tell that someone's acting. Right. And I believe that outside of the the two main characters, the Mm -hmm. rest of the cast, for the most part, were deaf actors so like you had the one guy yeah. i know uh shaheem yes the uh the black guy with the long hair he's yes. actually deaf and he's a professional dancer 
and he's That's able right. to dance by feeling like the vibrations of the music, but he can't actually hear it, which is pretty cool. That he is does it. He awesome. does it. I saw a video clip of him and he was talking about how he he has to listen to the song repeatedly over and over again. But by listen, you mean feel the song. Right. And he memorizes the lyrics to all the songs. And that's how he kind of figures out puts when, it together in how his to head. move when. That's cool. Like that it's really cool. Yeah. That's cool. And I'll tell you something. The fact that you say that it kind of shows. Like I, I, in those group sessions that they were having and all that stuff, it it shows. And like to to close it out, I'll I'll comment on a few things that really stuck with me. First, uh, just another shout out to Matthew Amalric. I had to look up his name. He's the villain from. Quantum of Solace. He plays the father of uh, the girlfriend. I was watching the movie. I'm like, who is, I know him. I know him. Is that at first I was like, Oh, it's the chief. And then I realized, no. So that's who that was. So that was fun just to, just to see him. But I thought it was so interesting. The way they put you in Ruben's head, meaning the deafness, like, you know, yes. there are there there are moments where the movie's not silent, but it's it's almost a feeling. Mm-hmm. Like you're 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 the what you're hearing is almost like how you would feel a vibration in that moment or something. And then when they take you out of the scene, like they're eating dinner and it's his point of view. So you get a certain sound and a certain and, sense and of silence. And silence, silence. Yeah. yeah. And a certain sense of confusion because he doesn't know sign language yet. He's about to learn it. And then in the same scene, there's, it's the same dinner scene. They take you out of his head and just show you what's happening in the room. And you hear, no, you hear clanking of plates. You hear the sound of people chewing, mm-hmm. but that's it. Like you just hear the ambient noise because no one's speaking. No one's They're reading lips. They're all signing. Each other. Yeah. So... I was really impressed by that. I was really like, I applaud this movie for turning me around because I was going in like, I really don't want to watch two hours of this guy going deaf and everything else. And I was transfixed. I lo- I was a really good movie. Yeah. It, would it, not have done it on my own. Glad I saw it because you suggested that's it. great. Yeah. I, you wouldn't realize because in the beginning you think it's going to be so music based and music yes. heavy and it takes this turn to really yes. he's with this community and he's, you know, mentoring children and he's and, trying to, you know, make his way to get this surgery that he may right. or may not get. And it's about him you know, he, the, the whole theme is like, he's trying to fix himself, but they're trying to teach him. There's that he doesn't need to be, be fixed. Exactly. You right. To be fixed. You're like, that was a beautiful, yeah, that was a beautiful, um, uh, moral of the story. Yeah. The sound of metal. I, I came to like, because I was trying to figure it out as I was watching it. I was like, okay, metal, Music like man, 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 in your face, metal. Like uh, I thought that, but then also the sound that comes through this would-be implant, yes, has correct. kind of a tin metallic sound mm-hmm. and distorted all the audio. Distor- right, yeah. So 
it has it has two you know i liked it it was really really good choice I, I will leave off on this too for anyone listening who hasn't seen this movie. Yeah. I would suggest, and I should have suggested this to you um, before you watched it, but I'm glad that you still got all the sensations. I actually watched this and it was by sheer circumstance with my noise canceling headphones on. Oh. And when, like, wearing them when those moments where everything's silent, like, yeah. you almost have to, like, lift. Wow. To make sure, like it really puts you in it in, the, in yeah. that moment. Um, I, and it's a I may great, go back. great way yeah. to experience that movie. I may um, try so, to do that. Yeah. If you're going to watch it or on a rewatch, watch it with noise canceling headphones because it'll really put you in the sensation that the character's having where like he can't hear anything and then it switches to you're able to hear stuff. It's just a really cool way of experiencing the movie. I like it. I like it. I like it. Well, awesome. So we both liked our movies this week. Yeah. What do we got for some suggestions? Now, I've got a suggestion for you because we've been talking about comic books, but you may have seen it, in which case I'm going to have to pivot. That's fine. Um, have you seen Watchmen, the movie, not the, HB, not the show? I have. You have? Okay. I was curious. I wasn't sure it's an off-the-beaten-path type of um comic mm -hmm. book but given everything that's coming up and what we've been discussing and all that stuff i thought that might be a fun uh thing um especially because i'm having a hard time waiting for the next season of harley quinn to come out oh uh, yeah i I'm, know now that oh, i got you through that series i'm doing a rewatch of the animated series it's tremendous yeah. i'm going to pivot okay still action um early aughts Okay. Actor we love. Several actors we love, in fact. Have you seen Swordfish? I have not. All right. It is streaming, because it was all stream, mm -hmm. on HBO Max. Swordfish stars Hugh Jackman as a down-on-his-luck uh, computer genius whose uh, skills are usurped or are uh, used for ill-gotten gains by John Travolta, making a very interesting hair statement in this film, <laughs> and the appearance of a whole lot of Halle Berry. Okay. So where, is it, where is it streaming? HBO. Oh, there you go. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Mm. Um, my suggestion, so I was going to suggest because I just watched a Sam Rockwell movie. Yeah. I was going to suggest a Sam Rockwell movie that happens to be personally for me, one of my favorite movies. Wow. But it's not streaming anywhere. Well, I'm curious what it is for rent. I'm happy to share what that movie is, but I understand if you don't want to have to pony up three or four bucks to fair enough to watch it um i feel like we do like one of those a month yeah. so if you were going to do that this month that that would probably be a good choice for that okay um, or i could go in a different direction so i'm curious this movie is called the way way back is this the the pool movie he's a lifeguard 
Yes. Tremendous film. Okay, you've seen it? I've seen it, and I, I will Carell say this. Steve Carell is, is the, the yes. stepdad, and there's the kid, and him, and I, I think I'll, I will give this compliment, seeing, because you have to pivot. Uh, that would definitely be worth the $3 rental fee. Yeah, it's it's one of my favorite movies. I I know for yeah. me, like it reminds me so much of like working at a summer camp, yeah. and like the he has instead the kids working at a you know as a lifeguard, and Sam Rockwell like kind of mentors him and carries him through the summer. And right, he's like a shy kid. It's just it's so 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 good. Um, so if anyone hasn't seen it, I that's my suggestion for anyone listening that hasn't seen it. It's a great movie. I love it. Definitely. Um, one of my personal favorites. Um, so what direction do we want to go? How about, are you in the mood for anything? Well, I was skewing towards action because you watch the fun uh, Sam Rockwell movie. And I was like, let me give them either a comic book action with uh Watchmen or this swordfish, which has a great plot and story and dialogue, but also has action sequences. Me, I'm in a, I'm in a Harley Quinn mood. I'm in a, uh, uh, Batman mood. I'm in like a, an action fun, comic-y comic book movie feel. Okay, cool. So I've got one for you. I'm ready. This movie came out last year i don't know if you saw it hopefully you haven't Mm -hmm. um came out last year it is actually based off of a comic book but not any of the dc or marvel superheroes it's kind of like an indie comic um it is a netflix film it stars charlize theron okay it is called the old guard I have not seen this. Heard of it, not seen it. Very fun and enjoyable movie. Action all around. Um, it's it's really good. And I don't even know if I want to give anything away of what it's about. Right. I, I don't want to spoil anything. But it. trust me when I say it's, it's good. You'll enjoy it. All right. I'm in. I'm definitely Charlie's. in. Charlie's. Where is it streaming, if anywhere? Netflix. Ah, It's a Netflix glorious. original. A Netflix original? That's right. I'm in. I like it. All awesome. right. Old Guard. So you are going to watch The Old Guard. I am going to watch Swordfish. Yes. Um, next week, we will be preview or not previewing. We will be recapping the first two episodes of WandaVision, which I am pumped for. We are getting the oh. MCU back getting it back i'm ready so that's what we'll be doing next week we'll obviously have some rolling or trolling we'll talk about our suggested for use but our main focus is going to be those first two episodes of wandavision um please if you are just joining us for the first time or if you've you know listened to us in the past uh, we appreciate you please if you don't mind if you like what you're hearing subscribe to the podcast leave a nice review that would be great wherever it is you're listening uh, you can hear us on any podcast platform and in addition you can listen to us on neil's awesome website glued to the screen.com that's glued the number two 
thescreen.com. Word. And with that, Neil, what do you have to say to the people? Stream on, everybody.